Hello and welcome to Cafe with Strangers. I'm your host Monica and in the next few episodes we're going to be heading, taking a little trip down the Pacific Northwest and visiting some folks that live in Oregon. So without further ado, let's go ahead and meet our next guest. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Yami. I'm originally from Los Angeles. Um, my parents are from Honduras and El Salvador. I spent most of my life in California, I would say, and um, now I'm studying um, medicine at Oregon Health uh, here in Portland, and I moved up here with my little Yorkie. Uh, her name's Fresa. I'm excited to talk to. <laughs> yeah, that's cute, Fresa. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly why I named her that, actually, because she is definitely a little... A little prissy bitch. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I'm a Yorkie. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a vet tech. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah I'm a vet tech. So whenever you, so that makes total sense to me. Oh no I'm way! Yorkies, Yorkies are Yorkies. <laughs> um, yeah. Alrighty. Um, is there anything that you want to tell me, like about growing up as a kid? Anything that you noticed, um, like later on now in life, you realize was kind of related to your your background? I mean, I would say like my my parents don't speak English in the household. Like mm-hmm. they know English, but they choose not to speak it um, either because they're feared uh, to be perceived like a certain way. And so I grew up speaking Spanish actually first before mm-hmm. I learned English. I went to school to learn English. And so I would say it's very interesting to grow up in a city like Los Angeles where you don't need English in Latin neighborhoods. Um, and so like growing up in a setting with people who look like you, like speak like you, is very different um, to my experience as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I grew up in the Bay Area. Okay, okay. So I get that. And I mentioned this before in a different episode that growing up, I thought everyone understood Dora. <laughs> I thought everyone understood that bitch. <laughs> and then I found out, I was like, oh, it wasn't until I moved to Idaho. Oh, wow. That I was like, oh. No, that's not the case. So I grew up in that similar dynamic, mm-hmm. except for, because my parents, I only spoke Spanish at the house. Mm-hmm. My parents still to this day don't speak English very well. They can communicate, but they don't speak it very well. Um, and yeah, I didn't really need English outside, mm-hmm. inside the household at all. It was just Spanish. My parents had all the Spanish like TV shows, the channels and everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. soccer all day, every day. Um, so I kind of grew up in that similar sense where everyone was around me was either some sort of Latin American mm-hmm. or Asian or black mm-hmm. minority there in the Bay Area was white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a really Same. Long, long time, <laughs> that's how it was. Um, and so I'm curious to know because I, my background is just Mexican. That's all I am. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so with being from El Salvador and Honduras, I'm curious to know how like those two, those two cultures kind of clash as as a child for you and like what aspects kind of came into it. Yeah. Yeah. Your accent. Like you speak in Spanish more like from El Salvador or Honduras? So actually, um, it's a funny thing. I have like a mix of a Los Angeles, Mexican, Salvadorian, Honduran accent. Like nobody can (laughs) place it. I went to Puerto Rico and they're like, you're not from here. And I was like, no. And they're like, but you're not Mexican. I'm like, nope. So I get that a lot. Actually, my accent is very, Hard to pinpoint. ¿Me puedes decir algo en español? Um, estoy tratando de pensar qué es lo que quiero decir. Bueno. ¿Cómo te gusta tu bebida? ¿De qué soy? ¿Es el share tea? Oh, sí. Es el share tea. No, they didn't specifically say sea salt. Ah. Uh, so it's still crema. Pero, ¿cómo, cómo te gusta? 
Um, me encantan estas bebidas. Este, um, son muy refrescantes. Y bueno, este... Um... That's <laughs> No, I'm just curious because uh, growing up in Idaho from like 11 to almost 18, mm -hmm. I didn't hear other types of Spanish that much around me. So I'm always very curious to hear other people speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I like to try to pinpoint where people are from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just, it's just interesting to me because I, I never had that opportunity. So uh -huh. anyways, let's go back <laughs> and see. All right. You already mentioned before this, you have ADHD. Uh -huh. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> Many, you are the second person for sure. Mm -hmm. Third, third, third. I think we're just like open <laughs> to new experiences and we're yeah. just like, yeah, like, fuck it. I'll fuck just it. meet with a stranger. It doesn't yeah, matter. <laughs> let's do it. Let's have some cafe with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alrighty. Let's go back to our away from this tangent mm -hmm. about how your two cultures kind of clash in the house. Yeah. So, well... As a Central American, we do use vos. So like, mm -hmm. hey, como esta vos? You know? Um, and then I would say being El Salvadorian and Honduran, there's like a lot of hmm, complicated relationships between those two countries mm -hmm. because there was a war. And um, I feel like my grandpa initially had some reservations of my mom ending up with an El Salvadorian. Um, but... I would say most of my aunts ended up with like someone who's not Honduran. Yeah. Um, so we got over that real quick. And also there's like the whole soccer thing where like neighbors, yeah. um, but Honduras has a better soccer team. <laughs> um, and so I feel like I favored my mom's family more. So I identify more with that catracha like culture, which is like no punta, sopa de caracol, pan de coco, like um i have no idea what all those are yeah it's very like we have like a very caribbean cuisine yes and um but i mean i love salvadoran food too however like my dad's family is a little more closed off and my mom's family is like she has 12 brothers and sisters like i grew up we all grew up in like um a two mile radius from one another mm -hmm. and so we'd go to my aunt's and my uncle's house every weekend so to me it's like I feel more Honduran than mm -hmm. I feel El Salvadoran just because my dad's family isn't as welcoming. Or, I mean, they're nice. They're great people. Yeah. But it's not like my mom's family was like, son desmadre, you know? Like, and I like el desmadre. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's very interesting. And I feel like my mom's very proud to be Honduran. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a very interesting character. Um, he thinks that nationalism is, like, bad yeah so he low-key has communist beliefs uh, so he feels like when people like um divide themselves by like ident like nation identities mm -hmm. it lends to trouble and and that makes sense given his background um he, yeah he fleed el salvador when he was like 16 yeah. um and that was the war was popping off and he's like they're either gonna fucking recruit me or kill me yeah. so i'm outie um yeah, so I think that's why he has that, like, he doesn't put a Salvadoran stickers on things mm -hmm. or, like, you know, makes it a point. Yeah. Um, but my mom is like, yes, like, Honduras, number yeah. one. So it's interesting. Yeah, I can understand that. Have you ever put yourself in that position to think fleeing a country at that age? Because my dad, he went from Mexico 
at 17 years old with his, his brother. Mm-hmm. And when I was 17, I was like, I can't imagine doing that trip. I yeah, can't. yeah. And then 60s is even younger. My mom went at 13. And th- oh my god, and that's something that's even crazier to me is like you're in Central America, you're way farther away mm-hmm. than my parents. You're like twice the distance that my dad had to travel for mm-hmm. high school and or probably a little bit less. And then my dad also landed in LA first. Mm-hmm. And um putting yourself in that oh yeah perspective at that I don't age. know it's just like when you when you say that like I just think about that and it just blows my mind to think like <laughs> yeah that that's their that's the best option for them to have to do yeah and for for people who um I can't remember exactly but I feel like I've seen um not seen but I feel like my parents have mentioned this that it's harder for people who aren't in Mexico to go through Mexico to yeah. get to the border because I think internal racism Definitely. within Mexico, mm-hmm. and which I, I think is stupid, but I, yeah, I can't. Again, I guess back to my whole, like, my dad saying nationalism yeah. is what divides us, mm-hmm. you know? Like, when people are like, Mexico and like, Honduras, El Salvador, mm-hmm. that's when we like, I don't know, you see kind of that animosity towards one another mm-hmm. instead of like, compadres, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, my mom did say she did experience some of that. However, she... She left, like, it was a different time back yeah, then. Like, yeah. I feel like the border situation, border crossing is definitely a little more, like, not good nowadays. Because mm-hmm. um, my mom said, like, they would make stops in, like, Guatemala. And she actually almost ended up staying in Guatemala mm-hmm. because she met this. She was young. Yeah. And she met this lady who was like, I will adopt you. Like, I will raise you as my own. Cause she, Did like, she leave by herself? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like she left with, like, a squad of people that yeah. were from her like village or whatever yeah. but my grandpa was already over here so she was like trying to make her way over at 13 i know and she yeah. said she got super sick and that's why in guatemala she like stayed for a little bit yeah. that lady wanted to adopt her and she was like you would have been guatemala and my mom said and yeah. she's like no but i have to go get back to my family but yeah back to your point oh <laughs> i constantly constantly am thinking and internalizing my parents journey uh especially yeah. as someone pursuing like higher education um it's something that like I feel that even though like I'm on my way to becoming a doctor I will never like the 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 grandiosity of the task of leaving your home at such a young age is like nowhere near to what I'm doing right now. You know, like I just need to show up for school and like do my thing and give it my all. But like, I don't know. It. I definitely compare and contrast like my journey and my parents' journey and how I can make their journey worthwhile. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, in a way, I'm like, you invested in the children that you didn't even like have you you didn't conceive yet right it's like just this future and you're like i'm doing it for my kids but i'm fucking 13 years old i'm 16 years old like what i was so selfish at 13 16 yeah yeah so i'm constantly like it's definitely a a point of conversation with my therapist for sure <laughs> oh that laugh just has a lot for me um um, so I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming you were born in the U.S.? Yeah. So one of the things that I've asked a couple of people is the privileges of being called a citizen. Did you ever notice what it meant to be a citizen versus not growing up or even as an adult? Yeah. I feel like 
one going back to Honduras and El Salvador, we would go back like every, like I would say like every year, like every Christmas or so, because um, luckily my parents received the amnesty. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until later on, but you know, we would make our trips and yeah, my cousins would be like, I viene de los United States, you know, like yeah. they have money, da da da. And I'm like, no, we're poor over there. <laughs> but you have money here, right? Like, I mean, you have money when you go back to your to your home country. Um also I would say, like, I think my mom reminded me of it, like constantly, like going through school. She's Probably. like, Yeah, she's like, being born here is like a gift. Like you could be whatever you want. Yeah. You know, like I didn't have this opportunity. Like you have this opportunity. Yeah. And when uh there was a point where my parents were undocumented and I did feel like we kind of flew under the radar more. Like don't rock the boat, like don't tell anyone kind of yeah. thing. Um and then when my parents got citizenship, it was like a point of like relief. Yeah. And like they were very proud. They're like, we finally fucking did it. We're like, it sucks because in a way I'm just, I feel like they discounted themselves, you know, for that time where they were, weren't were uh, documented. You know, like, we have to take these jobs because this is all that there is or um, you don't want to complain and all that stuff or you don't even want to get like government services or like stuff that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, so even to this day, I like, my dad is just like, um, he could be like, he's like, we could be starving, but we're not getting food stamps, you know, stuff like yeah. that. And I'm just like, dude, nobody fucking cares. Like, we pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Social services should be available to all people. Like, yeah. yeah. So I did notice it. And I, I think it's just like my parents constantly reminding me, like, like, aquí estás para estudiar. Yeah. That's your only job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you and I kind of grew up a little bit similar mm-hmm. in that sense because I, my first memory, because I, I wasn't a, cause I wasn't born, I was born, blah 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 blah. I was born in Jalisco. Uh-huh. I came here as a baby, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I was like seven years old that I was told that I was a citizen. I don't know what the fuck that meant, mm-hmm. but that was the first time that I remember hearing that was around seventy years old. And then, um, eventually, getting older, it was always like hush hush, like. Um, or we're undocumented because I have family on both sides that are mm-hmm. yes and no. You know, mm-hmm. some are some have that status, some don't. I don't know where I was going with that. But you also said that you'd go to Mexico or you'd go back home and like, oh, los Estados Unidos, you got that money. I, I always felt like that too, and part of me felt guilty in a sense when mm-hmm. I was like, I, I can't help it. Like, what am I? What am I supposed to do? So I felt weird showing up to Mexico with something that I could that was so normal but yeah seeing it as a luxury down there yeah and it's it's hard because it's like i felt like i was rubbing it in their face but i'm like i'm not i'm just eh. no it was just always like an experience and i don't know where i'm going with this i don't know why the i mm-hmm. took my medication like two hours ago <laughs> so i think that's why it's not like it's it's not as it's peak it, it, i think it's supposed to peak <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically it it takes about like 30 minutes or so, um, judging from the pharmacology class that I took two years ago. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you just kind of triggered a memory in me too. Like I um, remember a trip that I made to El Salvador with my dad Mm -hmm. and it was just me, my dad, my brother. That's it. Cause we're going to go fix some stuff. Like my dad has some land and like, he was just trying to fix everything. Um, 
but he's had issues because he is now a citizen of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and then the paperwork that he has to do in order to like own the land. I don't know that shit. Anyways, (laughs) we were at a fair in San Salvador, I remember. And these like, I would say like more rich looking El Salvadorians came up to me and they're like, essentially like, we want to be your friend. And then I just looked at my dad. I'm like, oh, like, can I hang out with them? And he's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'm not, I'm not white presenting and um, they definitely were. (laughs) And the first like initial thing was just like, you're not from here, right? (laughs) And I was just like, no. And they're like, yeah, you speak different and you dress differently and you look differently. And it's just so weird. I felt like that, that popular kid that doesn't know that they're popular and they're just like you're gonna be my friend we're gonna ride the rides and like we're gonna show you what el salvador is like and whatever on the other side i'm like dude like my parents are literally from the fucking jungle like (laughs) from the fucking mountains jungle and (laughs) and it was just weird like i think it didn't click until later that it was definitely like we're gonna be friends with the american girl you know or like um there's something that i really want to talk about is school and so, as you already talked a little bit, I had similar experiences growing up. My parents were always, well, most of my dad was like, you're here, go to school, get good grades, go to go to higher school, get a good job, blah, 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 this and that. There was a period in time where I didn't go to school. I mm-hmm. took two years off of school when I graduated. And I remember that being super devastating for my dad. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, he did, he's like, his concern was, are you going to go back to school? Because mm-hmm. my sister had taken off a semester then she went back to school and then she had, she got pregnant. And so she never went back. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was always like, don't Shit. do that. Yeah. You know? And then everyone around me was like, you're not going to go back to school, la, 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 this and that. And then growing up as a kid, like that's all I heard was school, 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 school. Mm-hmm. That was an important thing. And so, um, that was a difficult choice, but I'm glad that I made that choice. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, fuckers. I went back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the way that you were talking makes me, I have to look off into space, too, when I talk. I'm like, <laughs> come to me, words. I'm just waiting for the words to flow down into my book. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, okay, basically, I just, like, your experience with, like, did, the amount of pressure that you felt to having to go to school and um, your decision to continue to go to school and, like, how does that feel yeah. going into school because you become, like, a doctor? Because, honestly, like, I'm, I'm, I don't even know. I've known you for, what, less than an hour, and I'm, like, already proud of you. You know, I get that a lot from the señoras really? in the hospital. Yeah, they're like, "Mija, keep well, going." Well, that's the thing. It's like that for a lot of parents, that is the ultimate goal mm-hmm. is for their kids to not only be successful but to get something that we know is going to like give them the best outlook on life and everything. Mm-hmm. And for me, I now that I realize that I have ADHD and like why I suffer so much through school, mm-hmm. it's a I'm not meant for school, at least to that level. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's another part of the reason like, why I'm held proud. I was like, that takes fucking commitment. And now that mm-hmm. you're telling me you have ADHD, I'm like, Ooh. We can do anything that the normal brains can do or neurotypical is yes, the perfect term. But the way that the schooling, this is why I said earlier, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I love to learn, but I hate school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the way the schooling system was built. It's just not great for me. No, no. I mean, I feel you. I'm legit navigating that space right now. And yeah. I, I, I like, I have to say it's a lot of like self-advocacy. It's like, I'm not like, I cannot do this. I cannot. I, like, I have to speak with advisors and be like, yo, like, 
you have to help me come up with the language to defend myself yeah. or like advocate for the needs that uh, that should be given to me under yeah. like Title IX, whatever, whatever, yeah. you know. Uh, but okay, um, I do gotta say, I'm the only one that is putting that much pressure on myself. Uh, my mom, like, and my dad. My dad was just like, all I hope is que no seas un esclavo de un hombre. That's all he said. And he said, the path to that is graduating high school, being educated, get a good job. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom was just like, I just want you to be happy Mm -hmm. and graduate high school and get a job. Right. But I am a Virgo moon and rising with a cancer son. (laughs) (laughs) So I was immediately like, um, my sister has a disability. Mm And so I grew. She's visibility too. Yeah, yeah. But my my sister's a visible, like very very visible disability. She had movement uh, issues when she was younger. She has um, severe mental retardation and cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, we're like a like a couple years apart. So I got to experience like taking care of someone at a very young age, you know? I gave you goosebumps in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was my sister's keeper at a very young age. Mm-hmm. And, like, that is what drew me to medicine, you know? Yeah. Like, I, my parents didn't fucking speak English. Like, I would go to the appointments. And back then, there were no interpreter services as they are, like, presently. Yeah. Now it's, like, legally, you must provide an interpreter to yeah. any person who does not speak English, so you, you know? The yeah. yeah, I should not have been doing that. However... It did open up my curiosity for like how um, healing works, you know, like and having that perspective of having a sibling with the disability, you're on both sides, right? You're like, I want to provide care, but I also know what it feels like to be disenfranchised, to be on the other side where you're like caring about your loved one, right? And so I am very thankful for the doctors that kind of saw that spark in me and we're just like oh you look like you're curious like what yeah. do you want to know or whatever um uh, shout out dr ronald pitts you're probably already retired um, <laughs> and so yeah i felt like they were always checking in on me and they're like hey like how, how's it going yeah. and at first i was like i want to be an astronaut yeah. random right and then as soon as that that um that spark um, was ignited in me. I was like, I want to be a neurologist. I want to be a geneticist. I want to be like a freaking surgeon or blah, 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 blah. Like it was always in the medical field because it was always someone adjacent that was providing care to my sister, mm-hmm. you know? And I myself, like I had some stuff when I was young. Um, we can get into that later. Um, and so, yeah, just navigating the healthcare system um, as a loved one and as someone like within the Latin, like diaspora. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so to me, I was just like, I want to be a doctor, like super, super young age. My parents weren't, were never like, we want you to be a doctor, you know, or else. No, 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 no. I'm the, I'm the crazy bitch. that I was just like, (laughs) I'm going to pursue the hardest thing that there is to pursue and I'm going to get there. Um, and so yeah, I would say that I was like pretty high achieving from like the get go. Um, but I was like quieter back then. Mm-hmm. Now I'm hella loud. Uh, <laughs> and so in high school, like I like busted my ass, went to UC Berkeley for undergrad. Damn. 
Yep. And um, there, that's when I first like experienced like my imposter syndrome and uh, all of that. I'm yeah. just like, damn, all these people are hella smart around me. Like, do I even belong here? And that's when you have to like check yourself. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. But I didn't have that in my toolbox yet, right? Yeah. So I went through it. I went through it in undergrad. Not gonna lie. Um, and um, after my undergrad, I took some time off. Well, I went to study abroad in, mm-hmm. in Scotland, but cool. I stayed a little longer than I, sh- I didn't tell my parents and my oh, mom what? that I was going <laughs> to, cause my mom was like, why do you need to go to Scotland? You could just study here. And yeah. I was like, I kind of bullshitted a little bit. I was just like, Oh, they have this program, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me taking advantage of my parents who don't speak English. So I can um, go study abroad <laughs> and say you that it's to, mandatory. You're not going to be the interpreter. <laughs> From a young ass age, this this is just this is just like your little reward for it. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, didn't tell her that I bought a one way ticket, and I ended up like kind of traversing Europe for a lot like months. Wow. And then came back to uh, no, I was like hit up. I'm like, yo, I have no money. Like, okay, I have to go back. <laughs> and I come back, and I was like, oh my gosh, I graduated college, right? I don't have a job, you know. Yeah. Um, I have a freaking neuroscience degree literally does not get you anything (laughs) unless you're pursuing higher education and so I feel like my experience at Berkeley kind of it fucked with me a little bit and I was just like I'm not ready Mm -hmm. to apply for school yet Mm -hmm. so I need to do what I can to get ready and also because the application process is literally like advocating for yourself and being like, yeah. yo, I'm the shit and this is why you want me. Yeah. I didn't feel like the shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I needed to take some time off. And I feel like my mom was very supportive. She was like, she's like, you know, what do you need? Like, yeah. you can live back home, work here in Los Angeles and like, you know, yeah. take the time you need. And then I remember a conversation that I had with my dad and I don't know what prompted it, but he really hurt my feelings. He said... He says, vos podes ser, like, you could be, like, the biggest success ever, or you could be the biggest failure, he said to me. And I was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) I legit started crying. Mm -hmm. I told my mom, like, this is what my dad said. Like, it really broke my heart, you know, just to be like, you could be the biggest failure. I'm like, dude, like I already kind of defied a lot of odds already. And like, I'm just telling you that I need some me time right now. You know, I know what I'm doing. I'm not abandoning my dream. Yeah. Um, and also like, you don't know what it takes to navigate like the educational system here. Right. Cause they're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, cause in their mind, you know, you just just gotta go to school. You know, I'm just like, no dude, like, I was meant, like, my mental health was in the gutter. Um, And if I take this on right now, like, I might not finish, you know? And so I did take a couple gap years. I took, like, five, which is actually a lot. Wow. Yeah, but I was working. I was, like, a researcher. I worked at a startup. Like, I did whatever I needed to do to get, like, where I needed to be. But also pursue, like... I still practice like what I believed in, which is like community outreach mm-hmm. and advocacy work. Um, Cause I'm not a fake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. I applied for a post back. Um, Cause I needed to essentially get my grades to be, um, no, my GPA 
uh, I had been out of school for a bit. Yeah. So I needed to be like, hey, I could still do it. I could still get shit yeah. done. Uh, took the freaking MCAT, whatever. And I got in on my first try, Hell which yeah. I'm so thankful for because it's rough out there. Yeah. Um, and... I don't even know much about it. All I know is <laughs> it's fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's rough as fuck. And so um, I once I got in... I'm just like, all right, I'm done with all these fucking odd ass jobs that I have no passion for. And, and I was, I was, it felt like a relief, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like that validation that you find you, 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 the door has opened for you finally. Right. And it's like a lot. And it's also so little of us that make it on the other side of that door too. Um, or just like students in general or, or students people? of color oh, students yeah. of color especially like Latinx black uh, native folks no, you know no. or like uh, Southeast Asian Pacific Islander like we're such a f- small percentage and it's not representative of the population that we hope to care for I have curiosity the people in your class how many or like the people you're mostly going to school with right now how many of them are POC well um not that many. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm sure there's like statistics on our website somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess like from my personal experience, like w- the only people I hang out with are like underrepresented minorities because mm-hmm. I feel like we get each other more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when you are going to school at like a graduate level, there's a lot of privilege, you know? There's a lot of privilege going on. It's a lot of privilege talk. And you can get very frustrated about certain things that I will find, I would find trivial, like trivial. I'm like, are you serious? That's what, that's what you're tripping about. I'm tripping whether or not like my parents are going to have like money next week, you know, like this bullshit. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I feel like um, the community that I I mostly socialize with are underrepresented minorities in medicine, mm-hmm. and we are a few. You know, like I can name my like six friends. You know, yeah. um, and I'm sure there's more in there, right? But like that's still a really small amount. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a small amount, and it's like I think our class is like 150 students. Um, I forgot what the stats said because I remember we had like a orientation meeting. They're like, oh. Actually, um, so my class is actually the most diverse class that there has been in wow. OHSU history. So this is, just tells you a little something about that. Um, a lot. But great, but also like, yay, great steps in the right direction. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't kick me out of school. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like, it's definitely a small percentage. Um, last night, it was great because we got to kind of mingle with like the class below. Mm-hmm. And it seems like their diversity is like also growing, you know, okay. it's like we were like the bit, the big one historically, yeah. but then it's getting bigger yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and that's our only hope. So, oh, I love that. okay. So because I, I love medicine and stuff like that, I just didn't want to work with humans because I can deal with shit, vomit, urine, but <laughs> when it's human, whoa, I have a heart, like blood, even my own blood, I'm like, whoa, I can't deal with human stuff. Um, but I get really excited to talk about this stuff because it, I don't know, it's like the nerdy part of my brain, like, oh, yeah, this and this and this and that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really exciting that I'm like, oh, yes, all I knew, medical student, that's all I knew. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay, because I have a question. Um, so I 
let me start off. My dad has MS, and so mm-hmm. I used to go to all of his appointments. Mm-hmm. I'm the middle child. My sister got lost her patience mm-hmm. translating, so it was always on me. Yeah, like whenever I say MS, 90% of people don't have have no clue what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, you know what it is. And, yeah. and then you you said neuroscience. Are you, um, your degree? That was my undergrad degree, yeah. I'm sorry. So for your doctoral, do you know what you want to, like, specializing yeah uh not yet um and i'm just gonna give i'm gonna give you the answer i tell the doctor because like we do preceptorship so we get paired up with a doctor every so often and so i always tell them i'm open to the journey (laughs) you know what i like that yeah they love that that shit too i'm like no i'm i'm genuinely open like yeah paint for me (laughs) my sister has seizures Mm -hmm. and so um i I grew up like learn knowing how to administer medication when she was having a seizure mm-hmm. and what position, what recovery position to put her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have seen my sister's like eyes look to the side and like her entire body start convulsing. And, and I like the first time it happens, like I was fucking scared, you know, yeah, she's scared. but then afterwards <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Let's go. Jump into action. And, like, I myself had seizures as a kid. So I guess this is a circle back to what I left out. Um, I was, um, I got neurosystercercosis when I was a kid. So it's a brain parasite. Whoa. Oh, I just broke my pen. That's how much in shock I was. Um, Yeah. So it's like, um, it's like a little worm in your brain. Um, And so I ate, uh, like there were it's a like a foodborne illness yeah yeah um and so i my uncle had just come back from El Salvador and he brought like meat back or something <laughs> and like there, there was probably something in the meat yeah. or like maybe him himself because it is like it can be transferred from like a person like having the uh, the cysts i believe um oh is it on a their fecal yeah. Oh. yeah 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 and so <laughs> i my mom's like, no comas eso. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking do it. Of yeah. course, because I was a little rebel. Yeah. And um, then like a year later, I like had my first seizure. And they were like, what the hell's going on? Like, sh- she hasn't traveled recently. Da-da-da-da-da. Like, I was pretty much like a little puzzle. And I remember going to the hospital. I had the time of my life. I <laughs> love going to the hospital. Because I'm like, oh, I could order anything and somebody brings me food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I can watch TV like all the time when they were mm-hmm. like running all these tests or whatever. So, you know, I myself have experienced like I've seen like someone have a seizure and I've like had seizures mm-hmm. too. That's crazy. Um, so I feel you. I feel you. You're like, oh wow. shit. But then you're like, no, I know what to do. Yeah. So I'm I'm always the person who doesn't freak out during like emergency situations. I'm always like, all right. You call the ambulance, blah, blah, blah. You stay here. You're going to help me with that, blah, blah, blah. You know that ADHD is, like, you also do really well in high-stress emergencies. Oh, no. I definitely know that because I can tell you the specialties I don't want to go into. Because they're too slow. Internal medicine. No, I want internal medicine. Because, like, if you do hospital medicine, like, there's a lot of puzzles, right? Yeah. Um, I actually know what I'm talking about. Internal medicine is complicated as fuck yeah yeah exactly there's a lot of pieces right and there's like a lot of learning too um for me like much respect but i cannot be a family med doctor like i've i've scribed before and like obviously i only have that perspective as a scribe but i was just like oh when we would just be waiting around the office and um 
every now and then the doctors are like, oh yeah, you can go take a break or whatever. And I'm just like, ah, I can't do this, you know? And, and I'm just like, literally some of the smart, like smartest people that I freaking have worked under are family med doctors. Um, and the amount of knowledge that they have, oh my God, yeah. insane. Cause yeah. I'm like, oh, not only do you know like adults, but you know, children and old people. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, I cannot do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you get a lot of diabetes, a lot of hypertension. And like, these are very complex, uh, like, uh, medical plans or treatment plans. But I'm like, give me, like, I need to be in a situation where it's just like, uh, someone's freaking coming in and like, everyone's just making moves and trying to get things done all at once. Yeah. yeah, That's definitely where I thrive for sure. So I've been definitely in a situation where people are just like talking at me and I, literally did not register a single word they've said but as soon as it's like you need to freaking know this or else yeah i'm like got it you know yeah. but definitely oh. been in like casual situations even just like with my friends i'm like yeah. dude i did not pay attention to anything you yeah, said yeah. i'm so sorry yeah um, <laughs> or i fake it <laughs> yeah 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 uh-huh oh my god no way yeah no way. <laughs> those are my go-tos those are my go-tos shit okay um, okay, I want to talk. Jesus, we went to so many tangents. Uh, it's totally cool. Oh my god, you're my, you're trilingual. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Parlez-vous les français? Et je peux en parler. Et je peux. And that's it. Ah oui, j'étudiais le français dans l'école et aussi la fac. That's how you say university in French. La fac. La fac. La fac. I went. I did not go to la fac. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's actually a really interesting thing. Um, I started learning French in high school. I went to this high school that really emphasized like language learning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, they're like, hey, if you know Spanish, don't take Spanish, you know? Yeah. Like, take a different language, yeah. don't cop out. And like, there were a lot of different languages offered, actually. There was like German, um, Mandarin, Japanese. Um, and so I picked French because as a high schooler, I was like, what is the, like, the epitome of culture, you know? I was like, I want to be a bougie bitch, yeah. right? Like, I... French. I, French. Yes. So I'm going to learn French. And um, and I just, like, fell in love with it. My teacher was also amazing. He was, like, very flamboyant gay man. And um, he sold the fantasy, you know? Yeah. He's just, like, just walking down La Seine and, like, da-da-da-da-da <laughs> with a croissant and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I was like, I want it. I want that dream. Yeah. Um, and and then, I, yeah, I just love it. I love communi- com- communicating with people, too. And I think that language, um, like, really bridges that gap, you yeah. know? And it gives you just a different perspective on yeah. people that uh, are from, like, other parts of the world. And in college, I was like, well, I still want to do this because I still love it, yeah. right? And, like... Um, I got to take some really cool classes uh, on like literature and art and film. And I think that's what made me such like a well-rounded person Mm -hmm. and not just like science, (laughs) technology, (laughs) engineering, math. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like it really helped me in Europe too. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I love languages. I love languages. Honestly, if I had like the time, I would, I want to learn Portuguese and I want to learn Korean. Really? Yeah. But I'm just like, damn it, what am I going to fucking 
gonna have time. <laughs> uh, once you are retiring. I know, but I'm like at the same time like losing my brain plasticity as I age, you know, I'm just like <laughs> Yeah. I, I Yeah, I mean I watch a lot of foreign films just mm-hmm. to still keep the fantasy alive in my brain. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I originally started learning French because I was like, I wanna, you know, speak the bougie language yeah. amongst bougie people. Yeah. Cause like maybe they'll like forget that I'm not actually bougie, you know? I'm from fucking South Central Los Angeles, you know? <laughs> but I can fake it, you know? Yeah. Like just being in these circles and like you know how ivory tower people can be. You picked the perfect language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, as I went to college or whatever, I'm like, my culture is just as valuable, if not more, than whatever the gods of culture said was the epitome of culture. Yeah. You get me? And so um, it was It was quite the journey. You did not grow up in a religious household? Um, I kind of did, okay. but I'm not religious. Okay. Yeah. Did you experience any religious trauma? Yes. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> so actually, my parents grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. um, but when my dad, like for some reason, I don't know why, he got into Seventh-day Adventism at one point. Mormonism? Seventh-day Adventism? Isn't that Mormonism? No, it's like close, but not really. It's okay. like light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you go to church on Saturdays, not Sundays. Okay. But my mom was raised Catholic and... You know, now looking back or whatever, I'm like, I realized that my mom essentially gave up her faith in order to, like, accommodate this whim that my dad had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean whim as, like, trivializing his faith or whatever, but we stopped going to church. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so going to Seventh-day Adventist church was a fucking trip because my mom's family, like, being Catholic and going to Catholic mass and, yeah. like, I, I did at some point go to Catholic mass. I never got baptized because my parents were confused, you know, like in Seventh-day Adventism, it's like you choose to get baptized, okay. you know, you don't do it as a baby. Okay. And so I feel like it was the same time that my dad was like switching or something. So okay. I didn't get baptized as a baby. And then when I was like on my way to get baptized as an Adventist, I was like, I don't believe in this, yeah. you know? And so I never got baptized. <laughs> I'm like, my mom, like, and her kids, my si- my siblings, <laughs> were like the only people in our family that are not baptized. Yeah. And like, I had a cousin tell me that I was no, I was no better than an animal because I wasn't baptized. Yeah, he fucking told me that. And I was just like, cool, I don't give a fuck. Um, wow. And so going to like Saturday school, because um, in Seventh-day Adventist, like you get separated, like the kids go to like their little mm-hmm. lessons and the, the adults go to whatever and you have to wear like skirts and stuff and like you can't wear jewelry like there's a lot of rules you know and um I I've never been a rule follower you know (laughs) and like I did get like asked to go back to the adult mask because I was being a pain in the ass you know and that's just because like I think the ADHD like kid you know I'm just like but why like what do you mean oh, really? Or, like, stuff like that, just questioning. And they're like, no, like, faith is, like, you don't question faith, you know? Like, no, but I want to. How old were you when you realized that you started questioning faith? I mean, I love the storytelling. Yeah. So I know, like, a lot of the little stories in the Bible. The little stories in the Bible. (laughs) I know know stories because I love storytelling. I love, like, imagery and visual, whatever. Yeah. Um, And 
like growing up my parents are hella strict too they're like you can't go out because like god forbid you're gonna go meet with boys and get pregnant you know and i didn't know anything about sex or like my fucking period and like all these things yeah and i don't know i just feel like i never really bought into it like in from the get-go you know there were points where i was just like i did pray to god you know um but it was mostly like you know keep my family safe like help my sister thank you all right bye you know so i never really bought into it so i didn't have this like turn of like events Mm -hmm. um and so i think we stopped going maybe when i was like 11 or so and then my mom kind of went back to like catholicism Mm -hmm. and trying to go to mass and all that stuff um and then like ladies in the neighborhood would invite us for like a little religious thing and we would go but I didn't want to be there Mm -hmm. I was just there because my mom was forcing me to be there and I remember like at these like like I think this was definitely more Christian faith where um they say like oh like whoever wants to accept God in their life like come forward or whatever and I'd always be like uh please don't look at me like because that's what that's what they did in these like little congregations Mm -hmm. that they would set up and like I feel like my mom was hesitant as well but she would never admit it she would never admit it she's like no like god is real yeah um and yeah i mean i before i left from med school i told my mom i didn't believe in god how was that oh man she thought she she's like ay dios mio like que es lo que hice mal like yo le dije a tu papá like uh, um la yami no cree en dios like literally acting like there was a fault in my character. And I was just like, mom, like, you know me, like, I'm a good person. Like, I don't need this, like, framework of religion to be moral, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she was just like, si, pero no. You know, like, yeah. how how dare you? Like, yeah, yeah. what do you mean you don't believe in God and all that? How, how old were you before you went to med school? Yeah, literally, so like, 2020, yeah, wow. yeah. And wow. I, I was like, I'm going to come out and just say it. I don't believe in it. And, like, yeah. every time you're, like, um, you know, I would, like, pass a test or something. She's like, gracias a Dios. And I'm like, I studied. You know? <laughs> I studied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I kept it to myself because uh, I wanted to respect her and where she came from. But then I was like, wait, you don't respect where I'm coming from either. You know, yeah. you're really kind of, like, forcing these things on me. And I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was a really funny until this day um, that I just recently passed the licensing exam, which was really really difficult thing, and we had to I had to study for like since December. I was straight studying, living like a freaking monk, man. I was like wow. eating, shitting, breathing medicine, um, and so yeah, I was calling my mom like I would cry and all that stuff, yeah. and then she's she'd be like, oh like the tienen en oraciones and yada yada yada, and I'm and I'm like, you know what? I need all the juice I can get right now so go ahead <laughs> I'm like please let them pray for me because I need a book I'm struggling right yeah, now yeah. and when I passed my test my mom was just like like yo lo sabía si sí. yeah. pues por supuesto ibas a pasar like Dios Dios es grande you know yeah. and there's like para que veas Yami que Dios puede hacer mucho and I was just like okay I didn't want to like knock it because 
when I passed, like I was crying, my mom was crying, yeah. like it was such a cathartic thing because I like I had literally gone through so much, yeah. you know. And she was just like, yeah, like I'm gonna call the congregation in Honduras and I'm gonna like donate money to them because they've been like praying for you and all that. And I'm just like, okay. Wow. <laughs> Is that still a topic of conversation between you and your mom? She yeah. brings it, she, like, she always, like, kind of circles back, you know, like, oh, okay. oh para que veas que Dios es grande or yeah. whatever. But she doesn't, like, say, you need to go to church. Yeah. It's more of, like, see, I told you. Like, you did this because of God, yeah. you know? How how does um, growing up, like, in a religious household, how do you feel like that's affected you? Or do you, have like, perceive things a little bit differently? Or Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, hmm, full disclosure. Uh, I'm, like, I feel definitely with like sex and stuff is it's weird you know like I don't talk about that shit with my mom you know like I've never clarified that I you know I'm no longer a virgin yeah I haven't been for a while yeah um like we don't talk about that yeah. I also don't drink in front of my parents either really yeah, and I'm just like, when I was living back home dude I was like fresh out of college right obviously I was like yeah. out partying and stuff like that I wouldn't come home because I didn't want them to see me, like, drunk or anything. What was your fear? What was your thinking behind not drinking in front of your parents or singing like that? You know, that's interesting because I feel like I haven't thought about this. I, I think it was, like, a mixture of being respectful uh-huh. and also I didn't want them to feel shame. Because cause I feel like my dad doesn't drink. My mom doesn't drink. Mm. So it's just like, I didn't want to be like, my, nuestra hija es una borracha or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, like kind of over exaggerate that yeah. sometimes. And, and so I wouldn't come home. I would literally spend the night at my friend's house. And the thing is like, my mom would never be like, where are you going? Yeah. She didn't want to ask. I feel like it was like, don't ask, don't tell, yeah. you know? Cause I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna dip out for like a day. I'll like, I'm going to this place or whatever. Yeah. I'll text you or whatever we don't talk about it so i'm assuming because you weren't baptized you probably didn't do a first communion no. and everything so you've never taken like the ostia like nope. thingy okay i always wanted to but they <laughs> and when i came out my my cousin's quinceanera yeah. they're like you can't take it you know pretty strongly yes for that huh yes that's it's nothing special <laughs> i i just will say that it's nothing special and then this was my thinking then, and I'm sure most people think it now, but drinking from the same cup, like in vino. COVID. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but I always thought that was gross. Like, no. Ew. Hundreds of people are drinking out of this cup. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to happen. I always did want to try it. I think I tried it maybe once because I was like, ooh, it's vino, mm-hmm. you know? But it's really not that special. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, you know, confessionals and having to go and. Yeah, I never did that. Yeah, you you want to know, like, for me, what caused that is, like, a sense of paranoia. Ah. A sense of paranoia, because, like, if you do something bad, Dios está viendo, Dios sabe todo, and everything like that. So every little thing was, like, oh, shit, guilt for it. You did something wrong that wasn't even fucking wrong, or mm-hmm. you were just a kid that made a mistake. It was like, oh. And then that's the thing that's funny is, like, the whole sex thing. Even to this day, it's difficult for me to, like, openly talk about it like that. Because I was hush hush with my parents, we don't talk about that because obviously mm-hmm. you're supposed to wait till you're married. Yeah. And then um, with God and religion, like it's seen as a, a bad thing. Yeah. And so I never, oh, this is actually a good 
will be transition point. So um, that's why I think one of the reasons why I never explored my sexuality because mm-hmm. I never it was always seen as a taboo. And I used to be very I I used to be religious as a little kid mm-hmm. in a sense. Like I would read the Bible, like the kids' Bible, and I would help out with like the like the priest, like whenever. Well, also to get away from my dad because he was super strict mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were in church. Um, but that kind of gets leads me into the topic of sexuality. It literally didn't pop into my head until about two years ago where I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm not straight. And I had hidden it so many times. Cause there are so many memories that came up afterwards. I'm like, I should have known. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I should have known. Um, so how was that journey for you? And I've actually, parents, yeah. You have. <laughs> oh, the thing is that like, I've never brought any one home. Okay. You know, one, cause like I had my last boyfriend when I was in high school. And then ever since then, I'm like, other people just get in my fucking way. So <laughs> yeah. So I've never brought anyone home. Cause I feel like no one has been worth it. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm also kind of like a free, I'm a free bird. Uh-huh. Um, and my mom, she's like always saying like, like yo quiero nietos, like, the t- the the time that you have kids, I'm going to be so proud. And I was like, so you're not proud of me because I, you know, first person graduate college and then go to medical school and become a doctor. Like that that doesn't bring you the ultimate joy. She was like, oh, children are a gift, whatever. And so, um, my mom jokes and she's like, there's no hope with you. But maybe your brother, you know? But oh. that's just because I'm like, I just don't, like, I don't take men seriously. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've actually recently also come to the realization, recently, um, that I'm like, yep, I don't think I'm straight either, yeah. you know? And um, I always just kind of, like, sanction it as, or I thought of it previously as, like, I'm just open to everything and yeah. anything. yeah. I'm an, I'm an opportunist, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally had a conversation last night with my friend who is queer. And I was just like, yo, like, I got to tell you something. Like, I don't think I'm straight. Mm-hmm. And like this recently like sparked because I was having a conversation with some dude who was like kinky and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was, we were having like a consent conversation, which that was a first for me. You know, and I was like, does it feel weird to talk about it? It felt weird, but it also felt like safe. And like, I was like, wait, why haven't I been doing this? And I was just like, I've sucked at advocating like what I want in the past because of that whole, like, you know, what you said too, it's just like, I don't want to talk about it. It's taboo. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't want to, I don't want to like open the box or whatever. Um, so yeah, he was just like, yeah, I don't think you're straight. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? You saying that isn't making me be like, oh, I am straight though. I was like, you know what? You're you're right. You're right. Yeah. So I've been kind of like exploring that recently. Um, and I told my friend last night, I was like, dude, you know me. Like I'm kind of just like open to like yeah. everything. And but like I'm like, if I have to put a label on it, if society wants to put a label on it or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I'm not straight. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that you haven't like told your parents. Oh no! Is this something that you think you will in the future? I don't know, cause again, like I feel like there's this whole side of me that my parents do not know. Yeah, and I'm comfortable with that. You know, I get that. Cause my mom growing up, she was like, "I'm not your best friend. I'm your mom." 
<laughs> so like the whole like not drinking in front of my parents, not mm. partying in front of my parents, behaving a certain way around my parents. Like I'm comfortable with that. I have I this, that. I'm really good at compartmentalizing my life, you know, like yeah. in the school setting, I'm a, I'm, I'm a school bitch, you know, <laughs> but like on the weekends, <laughs> yeah, that's my business. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of just like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And like, if I have to have that conversation, I'll think about it. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Does that ever scare you? Not really, because it's not present. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like my mom hasn't been like, let's talk about your sexuality, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that that is what has kept me sane all of my 28 years on this planet is the fact that I am a person who, like, if it's not in my immediate, like, vicinity, I don't care about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a gift. I'm like, is this enlightenment? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I can imagine the lack of stress or like the reduced stress that could be by not by having that mentality. Yeah, but then also like I know I'm avoiding shit, right? Like <laughs> like I know I what I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I went to uh I recently started speaking to like psychiatrists, whatever, and like I mean not recently, I have had a couple uh, appointments. And when he was like starting to give me a checklist for something, I'm like, bitch, I know what you're doing. I just studied that section last week, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> so it's, it's one of, like, I have a lot of those moments where I'm just like, I know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm still gonna not, not do it. Essentially, like, I know- You're avoiding things. I'm no, I know I'm avoiding things, but I'm also comfortable with it, you know? Like, it doesn't bother me that my parents don't know this other part of me. Because it's been so, like, it's been so many fucking years where I've, like, literally don't talk about certain things with them, you know? In my, like, parents' eyes, like, I am a hardworking girl, school, school, school. You're, like, a perfect child kind of thing? Yeah. One thing that you mentioned uh, with the whole, like, religion, was that the religion thing? Yes, it was a religion thing. I want to backtrack a little bit. So, my my sister was pregnant at 18. She gave, uh, I had a kid at 19. Excuse me. It's all good. <laughs> I was an eight out of ten. Or seven. Um my dad when he the next day, he stayed in bed all day. Mm. And that was the first time that it ever happened. Or like, oh shit, like he's taking it rough. You know, my sister's the oldest. Yeah. She was just barely in school. And then the other time my dad ever did that was with me. And that's when I told him that I didn't want to go to church anymore. Oh, damn. Yeah. So I remember as an angsty little kid, I was like, so me saying I don't want to go to church is just as bad as getting pregnant. Like, that was my thinking mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, I was 15 when I stopped going to church. And my parents don't necessarily know that I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. They just know that I am not actively religious like that. And I don't know that I will ever tell them that I don't believe because yeah. I think it would destroy them. Because they are super religious. My dad goes every single fucking week. Mm. Every week. If he can't go for whatever reason, he's listening to it or he's watching it on the TV. Wow. Like, but my dad also, religion helps him with his mm-hmm. multiple sclerosis because he's um, he's bed bound more than most people. Mm-hmm. And so um, that helped him and mm-hmm. stuff. But that was a interesting thing when you're talking about your your family. That's what pops in my head when my dad did that. Um, and then you mentioned something else. Kids. Do you want kids or no? No. Okay. How, do your parents know that yet? Oh, hell yeah. I'm pretty vocal on how <laughs> I do not like kids. 
how how does your I guess your mom no I mean respond? initially my mom was just like no digas eso like yeah. los niños son un regalo de Dios mm -hmm. And I'm like, are they though? Because they're kind of expensive. And I was like, didn't I give you a couple headaches? Like, she's like, yeah, but you know, I'd do it all over again, you know? And she's like, ay, como quisiera tener un nieto or whatever, whatever. But I've always been the black sheep of my family. Like even my extended family. Like I'm the, I was the girl that was like reading in her room, you know, and not lavando los platos. Because I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> um, and... So I feel like I broke down that expectation maybe around 24 or okay. so, you know? And the fact that I never brought anyone home, my, like, no, nunca conocieron ningún novio. Mm -hmm. Like, my mom kind of, yeah. I mean, I think she had, she had a hard time with it, but now it's kind of a joke, you know? Like, okay. oh, you're, like, my, even my brother jokes, just like, you have no hope with Yami. <laughs> to get a grandkid yeah um like but i do my my brother i feel like it's more like family oriented yeah you know or, kids want kids. he's the youngest he's the youngest that's funny i have are you the oldest, You're the oldest. i'm the oldest I have, yeah. but i'm just like what do you expect you raised me with the idea that if i were to get pregnant it would fuck up my life you know so i'm still kind of believing that like yeah. internally i feel like i still have that like because even now like in, I was like, I can't do medical school with a freaking kid. I could barely do it with a dog. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, oh, um, I'm on student loans. Like, what are they going to eat? Where are they going to go? Who's going to yeah. take care of them? When will I have them? Like, it's yeah. just, yeah, I, to me, it's just not a reality that I, yeah, I'm like doing whatever is in my power so that I don't have kids right now. Right. And I'm just like, you know, I don't know if I do meet a partner and like, that might be a thing that we yeah. want to do together. But as of this moment, no thanks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The reason I bring that up is because I feel like everyone around me, especially like the Latinos around me, kids is a big yeah. thing. And so me, I'm also the black sheep of a family. I'm the uh, token queer of a family, mm. you can say. <laughs> and so my parents have always known kind of early on that I wasn't really into kids. And it wasn't until like I got older where I was, like, really actively, like, no, mm -hmm. I'm not having them. Kids? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, humans? <laughs> yeah, like, I, the other day, uh, we were doing, like, scenarios, and it's so weird because you have, like, a robot baby and shit, yeah. um, and, like, somebody's controlling it on the other yeah. side, and you get the monitor, and, it's, like, everything's happening, they're like, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, dude, I don't even know what the normal heart rate for a baby is because it's, like, it's way higher, you yeah. know, because they're fucking small. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know. I was like, CPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, no, I feel you. I, yeah, I don't know shit about babies. <laughs> Anyways, that was another fucking tangent. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go on to the big topic. Yeah. Mental illness. Oh, amazing. Yes, yeah. love it. <laughs> um, um, so we got sertraline. Yeah, Gabby Henson. I don't take it as often. It's just I've tried sertraline before. How does that work out for you? It gave me the shits. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I stopped. I was like, "Yo, we gotta switch." That's a little funny. Um, I've tried Prozac was the first one I tried. I I don't think I had side effects on it. Mm -hmm. That was too much. I don't know. Remember why I stopped taking it? Um, and then Lexapro did not suit me. I'm on Lexapro all. right now. My mom was on it, and it worked for her. So that's why they thought it was gonna work for me. Mm -hmm. You know, getting some bad thoughts, bad basic thoughts. And, mm -hmm. like, my mind would not stop racing. I'm like, oh, my God. I wanted to scream. I'm like, make it stop. 
So let's that was a big no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the shortest medication I've been on. Um, they tried Lamictal actually mm-hmm. for, for a while too. Lamictal and, Pro- and Sertraline. And then I stopped taking them because I moved and I probably was like, yeah, I don't feel like taking anymore. Something stupid like that. And then Wellbutrin was not a good one. Wellbutrin she, was an interesting one. See, I didn't know this. She's like, you need to stay on your antidepressants longer. I think she said like a year. Once you start feeling better or else you're just going to revert back to like a depressive state. Mm. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense why I always got back to the being depressed. Yeah, there is like a threshold that you reach and that's when you're like, oh, got to rethink. Yeah. Switch shit around again yeah. or whatever. Um, so we had, because we had bumped it up a lot and we added a bill of high because, mm-hmm. uh, and see if it'll help and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's Adderall. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of history. Yeah, I'll tell computer. you my meds, too. <laughs> you want to share your meds? Yeah. Oh, you take this one? Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, so I got diagnosed with ADHD when I was in college. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, there were clues yeah. that I had ADHD when I was a kid or whatever, but I wasn't covered. Like, I, my parents did not have... My parents also, like, don't go to a fucking psychiatrist, yeah. you know? And, like... And I remember one time the neurologist when I was a kid uh, said, like, no, I, I recommend because um, um, I have history of seizures. Yeah, and yeah. my mom was scared that I was having seizures because I kept, like, fidgeting a lot and, like, moving a lot or whatever. And they're like, no, I think her seizures are under control. Like, I think you need to go get her evaluated for ADHD. Yeah, yeah. And my mom is just like, I don't know what the fact that is or so we're not going to do it. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not going to just throw money. Um, and so I didn't I didn't um, that that went nowhere as yeah. a child. And then. I was so like high achieving and could get away with so much when I was in high school. I literally was everything, dude. I like sports, academics, like fucking prom queen, everything. How were you able to do so much? Because I had ADHD. I was just like, see, I was a fucking tornado. My biggest problem is um, the executive function of getting up to do something. I have Uh, have the fucking hardest time initiating things. mm -hmm. And I realized that. When I, um, because I forgot to make my appointment for my medications, I went a couple of days without my meds. And that's when I realized the severity, <laughs> my imposter syndrome on a, having ADHD went away because I was like, oh, really? I do have ADHD because I couldn't do shit. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do shit. And so I remember how much energy it takes to do stuff like that. So, like, you saying you were doing all these things, like, I can't imagine having the energy to do all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I guess it just kind of goes back to me having trouble with initiating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone experiences it differently, right? Like, even there's even like a freaking sex difference in like how it manifests and all that shit. But, anyways, continue. Yeah, so I got diagnosed when I was in college. I was like having a hard time because things were actually harder now. And also, my friends were picking up on things that I was doing, and they're like, dude, like, I don't want to say that they were like, you're not normal Mm because it was very kind. It Mm -hmm. was just like, you seem to misplace a lot of things or Mm -hmm. like, you seem to kind of drift off and not really pay attention or whatever, whatever. And, and like, I was just noticing how everybody else was just fucking on it, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm president of this club and like, da, 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 da. Yeah. I was used to it in high school doing that because yeah. school wasn't hard, yeah. but now it's just like, I literally need like all my mental energy to just like pass this class, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, I wasn't finishing my tests like on time. Did you take a really long time? I would take forever on my tests. 
Yes. So I, when I got evaluated, I got accommodations to get double time on my tests and it made a world of a difference. I wasn't failing, thankfully. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't getting like, I went from being a straight A student to like CB, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, fuck, like, this isn't me. I can do better. And so, yeah, when I went to go get diagnosed, they're like, yeah, no. IQ tests, everything. They even had questionnaires that they like gave, they're like, have your friend fill this out or whatever. Cause sometimes like another person's perspective on like what you do yeah. helps. And I also like talked to my mom, like, yeah, you know, like you've always been like kind of running around all the time. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I got diagnosed. Um, but also during that time in college, my like my dad, my mom found out my dad cheated on her. Mm-hmm. And my mom was just going through really bad depression. And I was in Berkeley and um, like, I get a call from my mom. She's like fucking crying. And she's like, I found this out and whatever. And then I I fell into a depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what prompted getting evaluated and getting like all these services. Um, but had, I Had you previously been in any kind of mental health? No. Before that? No, I was just kind of... <laughs> rolling with the punches (laughs) slash not talking to anyone because I'm the oldest and I have no one to talk to and so um yeah and once I got diagnosed with ADHD like I was connected to like going to a therapist I had to go like every two weeks you Mm -hmm. know and um because I was going through it just like realizing that my at-home life is like falling apart Mm -hmm. my dad was like left the house my mom kicked him out and all this stuff and like my little brother my little sister are still there yeah you know and it was really hard for me and I very much contemplating like taking time off of school but then I was like what am I gonna do if I'm there yeah you know except be there for them but like my mom was just like no don't even think about it like you are there Mm -hmm. and like do your thing um and unfortunately like I think it was my sophomore year or something my dad attempted suicide and like that really fucked with me because I was clearly in a fight like like I was upset at him and we hadn't been talking Mm -hmm. and like I felt in some way that he was trying to like blame me in a way for not talking to him Mm -hmm. or like deciding that I no longer love him or whatever. I don't know. Just like I found out from my mom that my dad attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. Like she came to visit me in Berkeley to have this conversation with me while I'm like, I'm so happy you're here. Yay. You're finally visiting me. Like, yeah. look at my life here. I'm doing it. And then she's like, by the way. And so I felt very guilty for yeah. my father's mental health, yeah. you know? And, and that's when like, I, started doing things that I probably should not have been doing. You know, I started drinking a lot. I started like just fucking sleeping around a lot. And, um, I had like my own PTSD kind of thing that was going on. And, but the only medication I was on was Adderall. So like for my ADHD and like, that was what was getting me through Mm -hmm. like college. (laughs) Right. Cause I'm just like, okay, like I'm hella depressed, but we can at least like shut it off for a little bit Mm -hmm. and just like get work done. Um, and so I actually didn't start my antidepressants until I started studying for this big ass test that I took. So literally months, months ago, I started antidepressants and I always knew that 
that I've had instances where I've been depressed, but I knew the definition, which was like, I need two weeks in a row in, a, in order for it to be a major depressive episode, a major depressive disorder. And so I was just like, I don't think it's been two weeks straight, you know? Yeah. So then when I talked to like the psychiatrist when I was going through it, studying for this test, he's like, this is the questionnaire. And that's when I was like, like I know what the fuck I you're, know doing. What you're doing. Yeah. And then he was like, I think you might be bipolar, actually. Mm. It's like the type two, which is the mild form. Yeah. Because he's like, obviously, we've just had one conversation, but it seems like you have like really high ups and then like you have the downs. But he's like, I can't tell if your up is just your baseline, mm. which makes sense because I'm like very extroverted mm-hmm. and like ambitious and all that stuff. And I'm like, that could also be my ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like we're we're having that conversation right now. It's just like, are you bipolar type two or are you like depressed with like some manic episodes, yeah. you know? Um, and so I started on Searchly. Yep. And um, I wouldn't say I, I had like dark thoughts myself. Mm-hmm. It was more just um, anxiety of my future mm-hmm. and um, like not feeling good enough. Yeah. Um, and feeling like a fucking imposter, feeling alone. Um, and that, that's what like prompted me like, okay, we kind of need to like take care of this before I jump on this task that might hurt me more. You know, it's just like, if I'm deep in the pit of studying and I have, I don't have the help of a little serotonin. Yeah. I don't know how shit is going to go down. You get me? Um, so it was more of, for me, it was a matter of like, I need to make contingencies uh, I need to take like the necessary measures so that I'm like I can somewhat guarantee that I will be okay on the other end of this you know yeah um and that was like starting medication and like talking to a psychiatrist like every month yeah you know the thing that's interesting about what you told me is everyone else I had spoken to they in one way or another had to initiate their help for mental health whereas for you someone noticed in you and said something first but then you have to go and advocate for yourself. So yeah. it's a little, a little bit different. So I think that, that I find that interesting. Um, but then another question I had is, was it considering your background, I'm assuming that it was easy for you to be like, okay, Mets, I get it. Let's do this. Oh, I was hesitant to take antidepressants actually ah. because I knew the side effects, you know? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this because I've read like a lot of literature and I don't know if I want to kind of, take on this and fuck with my brain chemistry, which yeah. is funny. Cause I'm like, uh, I will be prescribing to people. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person that is always, I'm hesitant to take fucking Tylenol, you know, yeah. like, cause I'm like, if I could just power through this, like it's going to be yeah. okay. Um, but I would never do that to my patient. I would never be like, you need to power through this. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like to self like fucking self punish myself. <laughs> That's a little, a little. Cause I kind of do the same thing. We're like, no, I can deal with this shit. My back hurts. No, I'm not fucking taking any Tylenol. Yeah. yeah. I was hesitant for antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think my psychiatrist did a good job at, like, meeting me kind of where I was at. And so when it was finally, like, I can't I can't do this on my own anymore. Yeah. Like, okay, add it on, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I started on Sertraline. But I've always been on Adderall and, um, oh, and then Propranolol for, like, anxiety. But also I get yeah. migraines. So, um. 
Oh my god, I realize how great propranolol is. I I took it actually because I um, my psychiatrist when I was at school I told her I was like I'm fine like I can mentally talk myself out of anxiety but it's the physical aspects that I have a hard time with mm-hmm. mostly like I hate it when my 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 heart feels like it's like just beating out of my chest like I don't like it it's very the physical symptoms just very uncomfortable when in my mind I'm like you're fine you're fine you're fine so she gave me propranolol because I said no to um, alprazolam I think it was mm-hmm. I was like I, I just was scared of anything like addictive like that I was like that that was my hesitation with out of all the medications that's the only thing I've ever been hesitant about mm-hmm. and um yeah so for me to take our I took it like in a sense my it was like fuck it I have no other option let's yeah. try this out kind of thing um I've had periods in my life, though, where I did not take my Adderall because I was like, I don't need it that bad. And also, I feel like I lose my sparkle. You know, that's how I felt because they the first thing that was prescribed to me was um, I can never pronounce it right. Stratera. It's a it's a um, instead of a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, it's a norepi. Oh, I don't know. Um, I think it's commercial new. names. I know like purple. Um, no, no, no. I know the category that you're talking about, though. Yeah, so that one, I felt like I never, ever before had felt like a medication created a fog or, mm. or changed your personality. That was the first medication where I felt like it did. It, I, I didn't feel like as goofy mm-hmm. as my normal self, and I felt like I wasn't as lively, and I was like, I don't like that. I was like, I don't know like that, and also I didn't feel like it was doing much. It, it was helping, and I realized after I got off of it, but I was like, not enough. Let's just go straight for the good shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. once that happened, whew. No, I feel you. I mean, I uh, my mom is a fucking clean freak. So um, I'm actually a clean freak too. Yeah. However, the bed and putting away my clothes <laughs> and what else? Um, putting away the dishes are the hardest task for me because in my mind, I'm like, sometimes things don't have categories. So if they don't belong there, I don't like, I can't, I can't put it there. Yeah. You know, and so this is like a conversation I've had with my roommates. I'm like, okay. can you guys do this? I, I will ask if there's a bathroom because I'm about to pee my pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like. I'm back from our little potty break. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're talking about your friends. What did I? Think? Honestly, I forgot. I forgot. And I was like waiting for a good moment to stop because I was like, I know that we're we might not get back to that topic, <laughs> but in my bladder was like, no, bitch, you gotta go. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I'm always comfortable with that because I have other friends who have ADHD. Uh, dude, you'd be surprised how much of us are in medicine. Like, we're <laughs> we're doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. My my housemate, my one of my housemates, is like my best friend, and yeah. we're like always fucking random things. Just little little little. Yeah. Bl- and I was like, fuck! I can't believe I said that in class. Oh my god! Or like stuff like that. Oh my god! The blending out stuff. I did not realize. Okay, so that time period between being off of the stratera and <laughs> and going on to Adderall. That time period, the amount, the lack of filter I had was impressive. I was like, oh my god! Did I? Is that really how I would like just randomly say these things and I just not think it through? It just. I'm pretty sure I got. I've been ghosted because of my mouth. <laughs> You know, you know, I used to feel a little, I never, I always thought I was a little childish in a sense that I felt like there was other reasons. And now because like, oh, it's probably because, you know, Adderall and, or not Adderall, but ADHD and shit. I was like, you know what? I am who I am. If I'm not your cup of tea, I'm not your cup of tea. Exactly. Exactly. And I tend to find myself surrounded by a lot of people who are neurodivergent in one way or another. Uh And 
it's like I joke around and I'm, I joke I joke around, but I'm also serious. Like if you don't have any kind of trauma in your life, I, I don't know how I can be friends with you. Yeah, there have been moments <laughs> where I mean, okay, like in med school, there's definitely really, really normal people, you know? I know, I know. And I was just like, wait, you you don't constantly think about your existence? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you don't your mind is erased 24-7. Yeah, you don't feel compelled to blurt out whatever song lyric is in your head? Like, you what do you mean? You don't struggle half an hour to just get up off the couch? You believe in it? yourself all the time? What? Yeah, no, it's 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 weird as fuck because I feel I feel odd when I'm around normal people, yeah. uh, neurotypical people. Yeah. I feel weird. I'm like, they're, they know, they know I'm fucking weird. I'm being fucking awkward, whatever. <laughs> and I'm not, like, I've never been told, like, the words yummy and awkward have never been like together you oh, know like my story <laughs> <laughs> but see for me it's just because i'm like i think i just play along like mm-hmm. i either direct where i want the conversation to go mm-hmm. or i'm just like <laughs> like i set the bar that I, it's gonna be weird with me mm-hmm. from the start so that you don't think like you know like i yeah i give you the preface i'm like this is what it's going to be like if you're my friend and you hang out with. If yeah. you're not down with that, see your way out. Yeah. Um, and then it feels good. You know, it feels good yeah. being around those people. To me, I'm, I'm, it's more so like I, I hold back and I, I'm not naturally kind of a reserved person. So to put myself out there like this mm-hmm. is a big thing. Like the night before I put out like um, the first episode, I was like, or the day of, I was like, oh, fuck, this is real. Yeah. Because I'm, like, mentioning all these things about myself, and I forget that it's not just the, me and the person in front of me, or me and the, yes, the person in front of me and myself, whatever, anyways, works. <laughs> um, I forget. Yeah. And then I have a couple of people, like, my sister's like, oh, wow. Like, my sister literally told me, like, I'm learning so much about you. And if I, my sister and I are close, but that just goes to show how reserved I am as a yeah. person. Um, fuck, where was I going with this? I know normally, oh yeah, I keep myself reserved because I, I, to me, I'm like, do I know that I can be like myself around you? And when someone says that they're, they, they're like neurodivergent one way or another, especially, especially ADHD. Oh, it's so much easier for me to be like, yeah, weird, weird around them and do some shit like that. You know? Yeah. Cause I know mm-hmm. they are like that in one way or another Yeah, kind of thing. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely wear my heart on my sleeve. For sure. Like, everybody on my Instagram knows what they're getting, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's funny because I've been, like, told this by some of my classmates. Like, dude, every time I watch your story, like, that's just fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I could tell you're being, like, this is you and you're not, like, fronting. You're mm-hmm. not putting up. You're not pretending to be someone else, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm just like, yeah, you're, what you're getting is what is popping into my head in that moment. <laughs> and I might regret it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep it up there. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so I've been told this by my classmates. They're like, or they'll be like, you're so unapologetically yourself. Like, how do you do it? And I was just like, dude, I don't know. Like, I'm not trying to be no one's inspiration. You know, I'm just kind of like, I'm just me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When people say things like that to me, like, how are you yourself like that? Or like, I'm like, it's just naturally. I chemically cannot help myself. Exactly. Chemically, <laughs> that's just how I am. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, I feel you. I'm always like life of the party, you know? I'm always like, let's get fucking drunk. Yeah. And I'm like running, 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 running. And like my housemate and I, like, we sometimes look at each other and we're like, dude, we're fucking weird, you know? <laughs> it's just like, I make up songs all the time, yeah. too. 
Um, I made up a little dance that whenever I do it in the car, my friends just start laughing. I literally just go like this. I just started like going to the beat of it, like it's it's a simple little movement, so it goes along with the beat of everything. And like I'm fucking driving, and I'm just like, yeah, going like this. And then, you know, I hear a song even if I'm like in the line of yeah. Starbucks, like I have to sing it. You know, you sing it out loud. I mean, I'm like, uh, you know, kind of oh, okay. low, but like, <laughs> yeah. I and I've also just said things like in surgery where they'll be like, "Oh, Yami, do you want to do this or something?" And then I'd be like. I don't know if I should do this, yeah. but I'm not supposed to say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like I, I'm supposed to be like, yes, like, yeah. what do you need me to do? Yeah. You know? And, um, uh, one of the attendings that I, I worked with, he was like a funny guy. Yeah. I would always laugh at his jokes. Yeah. Cause they, to me, everything is funny. And yes, <laughs> I tell people I laugh at everything. So take that me laughing at you take it with a grain of salt yeah because other people like (laughs) other audiences might not feel the same way do you like dad jokes oh i love dad jokes i make them myself all the time i love dad jokes and (laughs) so yeah this freaking surgeon was just like yami you're a really good crowd and i was just like what do you mean he's just like i i feel like the funniest person around you (laughs) and i was just like well i i think it's fun i think it's hilarious you know um and then another instant was uh, we were like, well, they were uh, yeah. drilling screws into uh, someone's arm. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, hey, do you want to give this a try? And I said, I can't even drill in a curtain rod. Are you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> and then he's just like, yeah, yeah, like we got you. You know, it'll be okay or whatever. And like, I feel like my, I mean, one, you can only see my eyes, right? Because yeah. I'm like in full, like sterile, like Here, yeah. OR shit. Yeah. And I feel like he saw my eyes just like, fucking wide he's like hey take a breath (laughs) he's like you got this and i was like fuck it (laughs) and i just went for it um obviously with the supervision of a more than you know qualified qualified person um but yeah i've had several instances where i'm like had he not been like a cool person from the get-go like maybe like (laughs) maybe could have rubbed someone the wrong way yeah. you know or just like a little ditzy or whatever yeah. and I'm i just... think that's why i'm a little hesitant to like be goofy or like be myself around people it's like i don't want them to take it the wrong way especially like at work where mm-hmm. that lack of professionalism quote yeah. unquote, can be seen as taken badly by someone else because sometimes and when I, I joke around like that at work all the time but i try to make it super obvious and i'm obviously joking like yeah um something simple like getting blood from a, a pet or something like that easy peasy they know that i can do it and they ask me i was like oh man i don't know it's a super fluffy arm i don't know if i can hit that like stupid <laughs> shit like that but yeah. i'm trying to make it super obvious because i guess without realizing it i think that i've gone to do that because i want to make sure that people know that i'm actually joking yeah Oh, no, <laughs> I feel like you like self-censor a little bit or just yeah. like, you know, kind of veer on caution or whatever. No, I feel you. I've definitely gotten, you know, like, that's when I was just like, sometimes my mouth gets ahead of me or whatever. Yeah. Um, And it's never a problem with my friends. But then sometimes I'll look back and I'm like, oh, man, that person that was next to me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, all we can do is move on from exactly. it. Exactly. So speaking of moving on, I keep, we keep, oh my God, there's so many fucking tangents we keep going off of. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to you and your experience with mental health. Like, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't talked about in your family. Yeah. And Even though, like, I'm sure my mom 
has gone through my mom has been like offered medication and she will take it for a little bit and then she does not want to be on it and like it has been a lifelong task of mine to be like keep giving it a try you know you're not going to get the effects until four weeks in like you can't just try it two days and then be like i don't want to do this because that's literally what has happened to my mom so many times and you know i remember growing up like my dad has done his fair share of dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom just being like, he's the only man that she's been with. And, you know, she's like some loyalty, some Catholicism, all that stuff yeah. into it. I do remember like, you know, seeing my mom go to the bathroom and like cry, mm-hmm. you know, and me being the oldest, I'm like, okay, well, I got to go do this. You know, I got to go kind of, clean up a little bit or watch my sister, watch my brother, yeah. whatever. Cause my mom's like just going through it. Yeah. But I never thought of it as depression. Cause you're a kid. You're just yeah. like, your mom's just upset. Right. Yeah. How old are you? Do you remember? Oh, I feel like I was a middle school age okay. or so. Yeah. So I think when my mom had her like really, really big depression, um, cause of my dad, my cousin had called me saying that, she had drank like a lot of alcohol my mom doesn't drink yeah and she's like yeah she's not good right now and like i just immediately thought about my brother you know like what he's seeing yeah and how i felt when i saw like my mom cry and so this is like my my brother and i had gotten to an argument one day and he kind of said something that kind of hit a nerve and it was just like well, what do you know? You weren't here. You chose to leave. You you chose to leave. Ooh. And I was just like, fuck. Like, I couldn't say anything because in the moment, I'm just like, you really thought of it like that? Like, yeah. that hurts because I'm like, I I left because I want a better future for us. Yeah. You know? And this is how I was going to do it. Yeah. So something that you said is being the oldest and what you said, like, when your mom was in, um, having her moment, you had to do X, Y, and Z. Being the middle child, I remember this one time my my parents were getting into a far fight or for whatever reason, and my sister being the oldest, I remember she was involved with it somehow, and I remember me and my brother in my room, we were crying, we had no idea what was going on, but that was, going, that, that was happening. It, it just kind of crossed my mind as to how much the eldest sibling shielded the younger siblings yeah. from the trauma, and mm-hmm. I it makes me... I, like I had thought about it before, like um, the other week I spoke with someone who um, we're both the middle children and, and I, we both kind of had that similar kind of thinking, like, you know, the experience that our eldest siblings had to deal with as, as a first gen. And so that made me right now wonder more about the things that my sister had to mm-hmm. deal with and manage and stuff being the oldest, she had to take on that responsibility. I, like, can clearly recall moments where my mom pulled me, like, I was playing outside with my friends, pulled me outside, and she'll be like, your dad left, he's not coming home, you know? Like, I can clearly remember that. And I can clearly be be like, oh, mom's crying, you know, gotta go help, or whatever. Yeah. And then um, my mom would also, like, very much unload on me a lot. Mm. And so that's why when I said I'm like, I was the oldest, I had no one to talk to. 
because I was like her rock. And I think this is where my ambition and my like, I have my shit together comes from. Because I'm like, if I don't have my shit together, my mom's not going to have her shit together. Yeah. So I grew up really, really fast. And um, so that's why it was so painful to to experience like or hearing that my mom's having such a rough time and I couldn't be there to help my my brother and my sister you know and um and I mean my dad before his like attempt like I had called the cops on him and like I felt like if I didn't do it nobody was gonna do it you know Cause there was like an incident with my, and I literally stepped like in front of my mom and I like, I was like, yo, you try anything. I have no problem pressing charges. Yeah. My mom on the other hand was like, don't do it. Like he's your dad. Yeah. You know, it's the father. Like, no, no, no. I guess I don't. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like he laid hands. Like yeah. I am calling the police. Yeah. And so like they have come, they like question my mom and like question me. Yeah. And he's just like, well, we could put a warrant out, you know, for like questioning or whatever. But like, if your mom doesn't show up to court or I don't know how that shit works, but essentially my mom decides like not to go through with it. It's literally going to go nowhere. Yeah. You know? And so I just, for me, I was like, oh, let me like initiate it then. Yeah. But my dad, I feel like still to this day has not forgiven me for calling the police on him. Wow. Because in his head, he did nothing wrong. You know, yeah. I, I, how dare I, the daughter, you know, like yeah. you're supposed to respect your parents and whatever, whatever, whatever yeah. thing that they teach us in our culture. And I was just like, I essentially just went like, nope. Right. So, so that kind of came up too. And that's why I felt that guilt when he did have yeah. that attempt because that had happened before mm-hmm. you know and i was just like fuck is it my fault but then obviously we deconstructed that in therapy yeah um so yeah i've always been the one that's like my mom calls me and she's like this and this and this is going on and i did have a recent uh call with her maybe in november mm-hmm. where i was just like i got mad at her mm-hmm. i didn't mean to but i was just like Mom, I can't do this anymore. Like every time I call you, it's all about you. You never ask me how how I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I think this was around the time where like maybe we're learning about like self-advocacy and all that shit. And um and I got hella mad and I just hung up on her. And my mom, she like sent me a text. She was like, you know, it's not that I don't care about you or whatever. I'm like, I'm sorry, and she sent me money. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't need the money. Like, I just need you to ask me how I am every now and then and not just unload on me, you know? Because uh, it was starting to feel like whenever I called, there was a problem. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm the fixer. You know? Like, oh, like, fijate que tu tía está blah, 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 blah. She's sick. Blah, blah, blah. What do you think it is? Or whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm literally just a medical student. I'm not even a doctor yet. Like, I'm already getting the calls, you know? And yeah. it was just overwhelming. And yeah, I had gotten into a little, what well, was me just, you know, kind of saying like, I can't do this anymore. Click. And then my mom texted me. And then my brother, my brother's like, yo, what's up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, like, I can't, like, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I'm forgotten. I feel like y'all see me as a strong one and you never check in on me, you know? And I'm going through this. I'm literally going to therapy and like, I'm going to start antidepressants and yeah. all this shit. Right. And so ever since we had that conversation, I, my brother, he's like, do you want me to talk to her? 
and he did talk to her. Yeah. Ever since we had that conversation, though, my mom's been, like, so much better at, like, which I'm, like, in my childhood, she would have never done that, you yeah. know? But now that I'm an adult, I think she's seeing kind of, like, I don't want to say the consequences of her actions, but in a way, it's just, like, she's become a little more reflective on how, like, I am the way that I am because I had to be that way, You're, you know? In a sense, she grew up she grew up. Yes, she had me at 19. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then also, I feel like with our parents, because their life was completely different and how they grew up, they are having to learn and deal with, they they don't, they didn't expect to have to deal with the kids that they have right now because we're in the U.S. We're not going to, we're not going to be the same as they were back in, in their home country. Mm-hmm. And so I've had discussions like this with, with family members before. But you just kind of seem like your mom grew, grew, I don't I just I can't think of an, another way to say it other than our parents so who else someone said this and I can't think of who it was. I feel like I interviewed them, but our parents are also learning and growing yeah. along with us mm-hmm. and adapting, either trying to adapt, ad- adapting or not even trying at all kind of thing because it's they realize we're in whether they realize it or not they are still in a different country with different social aspects and the kids how that affects them and stuff does that make sense no it does i understand like like you don't even have to use words i totally understand what you're getting at because (laughs) i also saw like a funny like tiktok or some shit where it's just like Oh, Encanto and Coco and all these movies creating narratives with the parents apologize to the children like this yeah. is fantasy, you yeah. know? Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's definitely what happens. I actually wrote down Encanto on here. I actually haven't seen the movie, but I told someone, I was like, I don't really need to see it to know what yes. <laughs> it's about, considering what everyone was saying. Yeah, yeah. Because like, it's a really good movie though. I know, I do want to see it. I just uh-huh. like haven't had access to it. That's why I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that to me. Where was I going with this? I wrote this down for a reason. Um, There's so the oldest sibling do you relate, thing. How accurate and do you relate to being the oldest in like the movie? Huh, that's a good question. Because I felt I felt like I was a mixture of Luisa. I think she's the strong. She's a strong one. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like you can't crumble under pressure. You have to keep going. You're like, you solve things. Cause there's literally a song where she talks about like crumbling under pressure and nobody else knows this. Yeah. yeah. That, that that one. So when that one, I was, I felt like I resonated with that Mm -hmm. one a lot, but then I also felt like, I forgot the main character's name, but how she's like the odd one out of the family. Yeah. Cause she doesn't have powers. Yeah. And I'm just like, in a way, like, I'm in this family where I'm a little different. Yeah. And then my grandma and I don't really get along. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she has her opinions about whatever the fuck I do. Yeah. Um, and the rest of my family does too. Uh, so yeah, I felt like a mixture of these two characters. I get that. Yeah. The pressure, but also like, I feel like the not my immediate family members, like my aunts are, it's like more of my aunts and my uncles that yeah. kind of criticize me. Um, but then we'll also be like, well, she's hella smart. 
and she's doing all these things. Yeah. But I'm like, con el mismo cuchillo me cortan hijos de puta. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's my Central American accent. <laughs> There's um. Uh, so being the middle child, I felt like I, I didn't have the responsibility of the eldest. But my sister, when she got pregnant, she moved out, mm-hmm. and so we're pretty much from the age of nineteen, and I was sixteen. Three years difference between us. I from then on, it kind of felt like I became the eldest sibling in the sense, and sometimes I forgot that I had an older sister um, because of the the pressures that I suddenly had to do now, I had to focus on this and that. Um, we were living in different states, so it's not like my sister can come over and help now um, with, like, papers, documents, appointments, mm-hmm. blah, 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 this and that. Where was I going with this? I still pay my mom's gas bill. She literally calls me to pay her gas bill. And I'm like, my brother literally lives there because he yeah. commutes um, to school. Yeah. He goes, like, locally. Yeah. Um, and my mom and my brother are best friends. BFFs. My brother lives at home still, and my brother will call her if he's like on campus. They have they talk on the phone every single day, <laughs> and I'm just like, I no no. I mean, yeah, I think it's cute, and I think it's like great for them. But I also think it's like hilarious. I'm like, what do you talk about? <laughs> yeah, I just I'm always like, he's gonna come home later. Why does he need to talk to you? But like, obviously, I don't understand, yeah. right? But at the same time, I'm like, I feel kind of like the odd one out, you yeah. know? Like, you love him more? And then my mom was like, do not say that. Los quiero todos igual. It's just, <laughs> it's just the reality of you being the oldest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I gave them space to be like besties versus me. It was like, you can't do this. You can't go out with boys. Yeah. I don't need to know about this in your life yeah. or whatever. Versus my brother's like, li- they know everything about each other. You know, but he's also a boy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the the leeway and. Oh yeah, the... he's had girls over. Yeah, me. Oh, can never even imagine. Even as an adult visiting my home. I think for him, whether he was the oldest or the youngest or middle or anything in between, that would have been the same. I think it just goes again to show the culture. Mm-hmm. We we praise the the men. For the simplest of things and i'm not trying to say it's in a bad way i'm just trying to state what i've seen and noticed mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like the responsibilities that me and my sister had versus my brother and i don't know if it was because of his disability and they just kind of got used to babying him from a very young age mm-hmm. um because he had surgery like when he was super fucking young i don't think he was even a year old mm-hmm. um and stuff so i don't know if it's because of that and because he's a guy but he, I definitely see the way that they treat him differently than they, they treated yeah. us. And they, I don't think they even realize that. I don't think they do either. Um, but then also, like, I have been privy to, like, my mom saying things like, I had a talk with your brother because my mom will say things like, I don't even, does he even go to class? Because my brother will just play video games or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he manages, like, he's managing those skirt by right it's just like my mom's very critical of how much work he puts into versus what she's seen me do so I have also heard the other side where like my mom is tough on him in terms of always comparing him to me Mm. 
well, your sister had a job when she was like 16 years old or whatever. And you yeah. like, you don't have a job. Your sister was doing college job volunteering, da, 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 da. but you can, are you even going to class? You know, like she called and she's just like, yeah. Yo no sé si está yendo la clase. I'm like, mom, like he's, he's doing his thing. Like he's passing his class. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> do you think your mom ever realized the the pressure basically the way that you are had to do with like pressure being the oldest and just xyz versus him and then also the adhd you had to work i don't know if your brother has it but like you had to work harder. i think he probably has it. i think he probably has it um but uh, whether he has it or not you showed more um effort in front of them to do xyz things I'm I'm known like a la loca, you know? <laughs> like she's gonna do what she's gonna do. Yeah. Con Dios, vaya con Dios. <laughs> Versus my brother's a little more logical about things, and you know, it's a little more family oriented or whatever. Um yes, I do to answer your question, yes, my mom has even said this herself. She's like, A veces yo me pongo a pensar si vos eres como sos por por nosotros. Mm-hmm. And like I didn't want to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But she says that she's been doing a lot of like she says that um and when she said this to me, she was like on the verge of tears. She was like, I feel like I blinked and you just grew up. And I missed like all this. And oh my god, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um if you cry, I'll start crying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's she told me that. She's like you grew up too fast. Yeah. And and she's like, I'm sorry. You know what I was just thinking? Is that we, in our age, we're learning to heal our inner child and heal our trauma as, like, 20-year-olds, late 20-year-olds, whereas our parents are doing it in their 50s. Yeah. And that just popped into my head just right now. Yeah. And so I can't imagine, and I will never know what it feels like to have a kid in try your fucking best to raise them how you believe is the best way and then xyz happens and you you, i can't imagine the blame yeah that they have on themselves like i um to this day i have no idea because i i i don't want to ask but like i ended up in the hospital um at 16 and it i don't consider it a suicide attempt but um i used to self-harm and that was one way that i did try to self-harm instead of like um cutting i went to medication and i just took a bunch of random things Log- i wasn't thinking logically obviously and um i had a moment of sanity i'm like i shouldn't have done that and so i go to my sister and so ambulance takes me it's the one and only time i've ever been in an ambulance and um i i was in a hospital and then i did inpatient treatment for like 10 days or something and i don't know what it was like at home and to me it felt like they did just fine without me of course I'm a teenager I'm thinking these things but I can't imagine what it's like as an as a parent to know that your kid mm-hmm. like is not home because they're in the hospital getting treat, treatment for the mental health like I have absolutely no idea how that would feel and I can only imagine how painful and heartbreaking that can feel to try to heal and move on from and their our parents don't have the same kind of resources that we have mm-hmm. so it's taking them a lot fucking longer, a lot more effort to try to move on from from their traumas yeah. and stuff. 
I think also that's why I have that hesitancy to have children, you know, or oh, even I think, think I'm about fuck them up. exactly because oh, I'm like, down. I already know what it was like. <laughs> I I know I'm fucked up. I don't know if I want to do this to another person. Yeah, you know, you know that's why I want to foster is like you. If you come into me and you're already fucked up, that wasn't my doing. I'm just gonna try to give you the tools to deal with the fucked upness that is this world. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. I'm just. I know that's where my hesitancy is from, where yeah. I'm just like, I don't know about that. I shouldn't be given just willy-nilly. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting that you say that because that, uh, the whole like having the tools, having the resources or whatever, it's just literally my freaking personal statement to get into medical school. I like reflected on my dad's like difficulty with his mental health and mine, where I was just like, I realized there was a problem. Mm-hmm. And I went to the fucking school, like, therapist who then referred me to all these things and I got all these services. You know? My dad, like, still doesn't have health insurance. Yeah. Like, that, like, suicide attempt, nothing was ever talked about it, you know? Even within the family. Yeah. It's like... Me and my parents, we haven't really talked about that. mm -hmm. We know that it happened. Exactly. If anything, me and my sister will maybe talk about it. Um, But nothing else is said. I'm since it ha- I've never talked it with a member of my family since it happened. I've talked it with it uh, with strangers and like it's interesting because in the beginning when I would talk about it, literally burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, it's not that I don't have an emotional connection to it. It's just I'm not as reactive anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like, I have thankfully um, met with great people mm-hmm. who are just like you know, this is how we're going to get through this. And like, it no longer feels like something that aches me. Yeah. You know, now it's just like something that happened and um, I can comfortably talk about it yeah. with strangers, but not with my family, you know, because I don't think they're comfortable yet. And I just don't want to do that. I don't want to open the door there. Yeah. yeah. There's, I think there's some topic of conversations with family members and, and parents that, I think we are navigating, deciding, is this a battle, a fight that I want to get into or not? Is it worth the possible Pandora's box that may open with us? Nah. And I think I think we try to find a balance with that. Huh, I just love that. <laughs> Sometimes I think of smart things. To say. <laughs> um, all right, well, so we're kind of already towards the very end. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so is there anything that we've talked about that you would like to kind of like discuss, bring up, something you mentioned? Um... Hmm, I don't know. I mean, what's your conclusion? My conclusion <laughs> is that as people, we should talk to each other <laughs> about the trials and tribulations of just walking this fucking green earth. And um, I think we need to exercise grace onto others and onto ourselves. And um, it's okay to fuck up. Like one of my mentors says, players fuck up. <laughs> I think that's one of the best things you can actually tell yourself as an imposter syndrome perfectionist. It's okay to fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Okay My mentor, literally, like, he's a fourth year medical student, yeah. and he was just like, hey, like Lil Wayne said, players fuck up. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm like, I feel like I was beating myself with a fucking invisible sticker, like setting expectations that nobody else was setting for me. And now I'm, I feel a little more comfortable with that, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And also just like extend the hand to those that come after you. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's like, I think that's an important thing in the medical field. We tend to like 
Oh yeah. Like, oh, you don't know your shit. It's like, I think don't it's, gatekeep. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, it's, um, I mean, I've only heard about that with like nurses and stuff. So I don't like, so I'm imagining that's definitely an issue. Cause it's definitely an issue with MetNet too, where we tend to be like, Oh, you're new. You're just started. Like we forget that we were there them at one point, mm-hmm. at one point in time. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest like bone to pick with that is, um, like I always make it a priority to, um, seek like, oh, I want to like, um, talk to folks who want to become a doctor. Like I want to get out there and like yeah. do on to others, like what others have like given me, yeah. which is like mentorship. Literally you just want to have a fucking conversation. Yeah. I'm here. You like please, I make myself very much available to people. And like, you know, sometimes I may not have the bandwidth for it, but I'll get back to you, (laughs) but I'll get back to you. And I think that's like what angers me sometimes when people don't recognize their privilege and don't use it to like open the door for other people in terms of like, dude, just like share what you learned, you know? Like we're all about we're all about like helping. Like yeah, we're in a yeah. helping field. When the hood makes it, we all make it. <laughs> I fucking love that. Um so another reason I wanted to do this is because I don't know shit about other countries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I collect like little facts. Like I've done this except for one, I forgot one time to do it. But I try to get like some facts information so I can better learn about like other countries because I literally did not know that Central America, the countries that are in it were that close to Mexico. And I know it sounds silly to say out loud, but I barely knew anything outside my little hometowns in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually was learning a little bit about that war mm-hmm. beforehand. So I was like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just got into a little bit other. And so I just know that there was a war that happened, turbulence happened, everything yeah. like that. But I, so some fun facts that I got from Honduras is it's the only country in Central, Central, um, it is the only country in Central America without volcanoes. I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Not only is coffee the biggest export, but bananas. Fuck yeah, we're bananas. (laughs) Every single time you think of a banana, you're going to think of Honduras. We say guineo. What? We say guineo. Banana? Instead of bananas, say guineo. Banana. Banana. <laughs> um, and then also, Honduras be- briefly became part of Mexico after getting independence from Spain in the early 19th century. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was from Nat Geo. And then from the Britannica, a little bit about uh, El Salvador. I only got a little bit. Um, predominant, the predominant tribe before the Spanish arrived was called um, Pipil or something. Uh-huh. And they're basically like descendants. One uh, website said descendants of Aztecs, and another one said similar lifestyle or culture as Aztecs. So one way or another, there's that relation mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm a big fan of, I'm obsessed with, like, Aztec stuff because that's the region that my family's from. Mm-hmm. That's what my ancestors were. So I always think it's kind of cool. I was like, ooh, Aztecs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then our dude from Napoleon Dynamite, Efren Ramirez. He's a Salvadoran? He's a Salvadoran. Oh my God, there are so few of us that I'm always like, hell yeah. Um, so, you didn't know that? No, I did not know that. <gasps> I did not know that. All I, all I know <laughs> is like, America, America Ferreira. She is? She's Honduran. Bro, I Honduran didn't see American. That. Oh, actually, no, I looked at the Salvadoran. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, damn, I didn't know that. Because even like, uh, I met an attending who is um, El Salvadoran, mm-hmm. and I, 
he is amazing. He's hosting our like small groups. Yeah. And then in the back, he has a pride flag and an El Salvadoran flag. And I go literally put it in the chat. I'm like, oh my God, I'm Central American too. I have El Salvadoran. And then it was yeah. like the whole room. He was just like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> and like, literally I'm like, you guys can log off. We're having a moment. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And we just went like in and he's like, oh my God, having another Central American. Yeah. Like, right. Latino representation is already so small. And then yeah. like, to just fucking microscope it to like yeah. Central Americans. So. It's the smallest country. Oh, yes. It's the smallest country in Latin America. In West, in the Western Hemisphere, maybe? I think maybe, yeah, North America. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's just the smallest country. It is. So it's a, to meet someone, it's yeah yeah i mean i think there's like way more salvadorans in los angeles than there is in el salvador that's how i felt growing up because everyone around me was from el salvador I we were the yeah. rare the hondurans were the rare ones in el salvador in la interesting yeah interesting okay yeah um well that's all that i have do you have any like shout outs or social media that you wish to share um not really no it's fine because <laughs> i'm like i'm just a regular student um All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, signing off. (laughs) I don't know what that was.